being transparent helps us figure out what we can work on. Where can we be better? I'm Christine Parent, Meditech's Associate Vice President. And once again, I'm talking with St. Luke's Regional Healthcare System, a nonprofit health system based in Duluth, Minnesota. During our last episode, I talked with Clark Averill, CIO, and Missy Francisco Carlson, Patient Experience Program Manager, who shared their vaccine strategies. Today, we'll learn more about St. Luke's strategy for improving the patient experience and what opportunities lie ahead with their successful portal adoption. Welcome to you both. Ensuring a positive patient experience really goes well and beyond the technology that we've been talking about. So what else is St. Luke's doing to support your patients? And Missy, I I think I'm going to start with you on this one. Here at St. Luke's, we take the patient satisfaction results very seriously. Currently, we are proud to say on hospitalcompare.gov, we are ranked as a four-star out of five-star hospital for patient experience. Uh, The national average is three, but we really work hand-in-hand. We use Prescani as our patient satisfaction survey vendor, and we really work hand-in-hand with them each year to identify what our top three influences are or really kind of our key drivers or key questions to know where do we want to put our focus? What are our patients telling us? And again, how can we evolve? So we're very transparent with the information that we receive back from our patients to our staff members uh, each month. It's a requirement that all of our supervisors, managers, directors, etc. post the results of our patient satisfaction surveys in their area so we know exactly what our very own patients are saying about us. And when we say post, you know, we, we definitely post all of those positive comments that come in, and there certainly are a lot of positive comments, but there's also some negative comments that come in, and we do post that because, again, being transparent helps us figure out what we can work on. Where can we be better? The other thing I would say that we do here, too, is we have quality boards throughout our organization, and Again, it allows us to be transparent with our patients on what are we working on from a patient satisfaction standpoint, but also from a quality and safety standpoint. How are we doing it? What are we doing? And how are we evolving is also important because obviously we're always striving to be better. Everyone should be, right? And the portal has also helped kind of us increase those responses in our patient satisfaction surveys since we've been able to have more emails on file through Clark and and his team and adding that on. So I think one of the the largest things too that that happens here at St. Luke's that we're very proud of is that there is a large focus on employees. Employee engagement uh, is very, very important for us. You know, our employees are our very best source of advertising and we want to make sure that they are uh, strong ambassadors for the organization and the healthcare system as a whole, right? We try to keep them very happy. We do employee engagement surveys. We do some fun things as, as, a, as an enterprise-wide team, right? We have um, a, a local baseball team here. So every summer we host baseball games and have their staff, staff members and their families and their coworkers all attend. We do fun things to try to create kind of a, a team atmosphere. <laughs> the other day, living in Northern Minnesota, it was 20 below. And we had a, uh, obviously those in non-patient care 
areas, but we had a dress like a lumberjack day where everybody came dressed in flannels and, and suspenders. And it was really fun. People loved it. They had a good time. And so it's important to us that, um, you know, that, that they are able, they're able to have fun at work and that they enjoy what they're doing because if they're not taking care of themselves and bringing their best selves each and every day, um, we can expect them to give themselves their best selves to our patients every day too. So COVID-19 pandemic has certainly shaped the way we engage patients. What strategies do you see continuing on in a post-pandemic world? Clark, do you want to begin? Well, I, I really do think that uh, COVID has shown us a lot of different things about how, how we need to change the delivery of health care to make the patient at the center of of everything we do. And, uh, you know, healthcare has always been so used to having the patient drive the experience, whether it's uh, the patient coming to us when they're not feeling well, or they call us to schedule a visit. You know, almost all of the encounters have always been driven by the patient. And I think what the portal gives us the opportunity to do is interact with the patient in a radically different way that the patient really does enjoy. And so while we didn't have a lot of virtual visits before, I do think that virtual visits are here to stay. We still continue to see a very large number of virtual visits being done, especially in our mental health clinic. I think people that are undergoing that mental health stress or having issues with their life, they would really prefer not to have to come in. They're very self-conscious about that type of visit. And so uh, virtual visits, I think, are, are going to be the new standard way for mental health. But I don't think it's just limited to virtual visits. We do know that the EMR is very rich with data. Uh, the patients really want to be able to see everything that we have uh, documented about them and get their lab results and get their x-ray results and get their progress notes and their operative reports you know, as quickly as possible. And so we made some major changes last year to decrease the amount of time that it takes for that information to become available. Uh, we basically made almost every physician report, every lab result, and every uh, diagnostic imaging test published to the portal so the patient could see it at the time it was resulted. And that's been a huge patient satisfier. And I actually think that that was one of the reasons that our portal enrollment went up so so fast, along with the virtual visits, the ability to see information. So, you know, we, we look at the, the portal statistics a couple of different ways. We take a look and say, well, what's our percentage of people that have had a care experience with St. Luke's and how many of those patients are signed up? And we're sitting at a, almost 40% of our patients that we've seen at St. Luke's have a portal account. But that's not quite as uh, great a measurement because you've got some people that will never sign up. We're a vacation area in uh, Minnesota here. And so a patient that came to the emergency room for a one-time visit and they went back to where they live, you know, we're never going to see that patient as a, um, a portal user. And so what we actually do is we measure the amount of patients that have ongoing relationships with a primary care physician. And we measure that percentage and that percentage is at 55%. So 55% of the patients that we've got ongoing care experience with are enrolled in our portal. And we're going to continue to really look at that number as our prime measure of how our portal is doing. We have some clinics that are in the 62, 
percent of their patients are enrolled. We also have some clinics that have very low percentage, and they're the clinics you'd expect, like pediatrics and uh, you know young child. Um, but we also have some very underserved areas with internet, and those clinics are also very low, and that's what drives our number down. I think we'd be sitting in the high 60% if we didn't have such limited internet access in some parts of Minnesota. So I, I really do believe that you know, having the ability for a patient to do as much self-service and have some of the tools that they're used to in other industries like banking, where you can, you know, look at your balance and pay your bills and deposit checks electronically, you know, you know, you're going to be able to do a lot of that uh, via the patient portal. You're going to be able to you know, message your physician and have a, have a dialogue about uh, your care you're going to be able to look at your results as, as quickly as the physician does, in many cases, much quicker than the physician is seeing them. And then you're also going to be able to do some of the self-service things like scheduling your visits, uh, filling out forms electronically so you don't have to do it when you arrive at the clinic. And those are all satisfiers because people don't like to have to do that during the stress of a visit. And so I think that those are the types of things that, that we really hope to leverage the patient portal for moving forward post-pandemic, which is getting closer and closer every day. Missy, do you have any comments? I would say the strategies that I see continuing on in a post-pandemic world is the continuation and increase of communication that we have with those, and I'm going to even say around us, it's not just patients and their families, but you know, we really increased our, our communication strategy because that is what our patients needed at the time of COVID. We were having um, biweekly COVID updates to patients, uh, both, you know, internal staff members, um, town halls. We were communicating a lot with the city, with the county, the state, with legislators. I think that will continue uh, to happen be because communication is the way we solve those type of things, really. I, I think communication is so important that the patient portal allows us to continue and make it easier and quicker uh, in this type of a world where, where people need things quickly <laughs> and we need to act quickly too. So uh, I see communication remaining strong through the patient portal, specifically continuing long after uh, the pandemic is finished. Well, this was great discussion. I'd like to thank you for joining me today to discuss your experience and successes with patient engagement during these times. It is easy to see the impact that your efforts had on your community and patients. As we end our session, I always like to ask a fun and personal question. And as we've been speaking about the pandemic, I'll stay on that theme. So I'll start with Clark. It's an understatement to say that it's been a stressful 12 plus months in healthcare with COVID. Can you share to our listeners what you did to de-stress during this pandemic personally, either for downtime or something you did to re-energize yourself? Well, I, I'm an avid golfer, so I would say that the way that I, I de-stress is I golf even more than I normally do last year. Uh, fortunately for, for uh, the golfers, um, uh, the courses were open and, and you're naturally uh, separated, uh, especially if you're playing out of the woods like I do. And so, um, you know, I, I actually use that to de-stress as much as possible. That, and I think I finished Netflix, if I remember correctly. But so I'm on to Hulu. But, uh, um, you know, just uh, really, I, I think it's really critical that uh, all uh, staff members and actually everybody 
figures out what uh, how to take care of themselves. It was a, it was a tough year. Missy, do you have anything that you do? You know, with the gyms closing, we actually ordered a Peloton and um, was very grateful to have that around. Working in healthcare, we always stress to our patients and our colleagues and coworkers how important physical and mental health is. And that definitely helped get me through. <laughs> it's hard. I'll tell you what, it's hard, but um, what a great challenge and a great feeling afterwards. Oh, that's fantastic. And I too was a Netflix person. So um, yeah, I'll have to check out who. So I want to thank you again, uh, both of you, for joining me today. Thanks for listening. Next time, we'll talk with Deneo Retino, Vice President of Operations and CIO at Firelands Regional Health System, on how his organization leveraged analytics and a centralized command center to stay ahead of the COVID-19 pandemic. Stay informed and subscribe to Meditech Podcasts, and be sure to check out our resource page for links from this episode. We'll talk to you next time.